You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Put your pencils down, because it's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Fenton. Welcome to another episode of the Star Seminar. Your professors are two men who just secured fellowships to Oxnard, California for July and August, where they will be covering the Cowboys. It's me, Rabble Rouser, and my partner in crime, Danny Phantom. How are you, sir? I am doing fantastic. It is uh, the first day of April, and that means it is officially draft month. Uh, I don't know about you, Rabs, but uh, this uh, the NFL draft is actually one of my very favorite times of the year. It's, uh, I mean, there are other things. I mean, like, I, I love getting together with my buddies, for our fantasy draft and obviously Super Bowl is a, is a big thing for me too but but the draft day I mean I spent so much time involved with you know researching so it's just a great time of the year for me I am just super stoked uh are there any specific days of the year that are just like special times of the year for you in fact you've just named one of them so my favorite sports weekends are um there's three of them. One is draft weekend. I love it. I sit there and listen to every pick from the very first one all the way through to Mr. Irrelevant. Um, and, you know, mark them down in my, my book of, of players, et cetera, like the big draft nerd that I am. Uh, I also love that first weekend uh, Thursday through Sunday of the NCAA tournament. So we just actually got out of one of those favorite weekends, just all the games happening at once. Um, that's when all the crazy upsets happen. It's just a fantastic weekend. And then the third one is the, is that, um, it's not the wild card weekend, but it's the following weekend. I guess it's like, I guess it's the divisional round of the, uh, NFL playoffs, um, football all day long, you know, lots of great games, best games between best teams, winner goes home, or excuse me, loser goes home, winner goes on. And, um, the stakes are very high and, and I just, I love that weekend as well. So those are my three favorite. And so here we are poised between two of them. Uh, couldn't be happier. Uh, to me, the, the, the lull in the sports calendar is February every year, and that sort of starts to go away when March Madness happens. And then that means that the draft is coming. That means that the beginning of baseball is coming. That means that meaningful games in, in uh, basketball and hockey are coming. So March is great, and I'm always happy to see April. Yeah, you know, it's weird is, you know, a lot of my friends, they talk about the, the long football offseason and just how – how horrible it is. And, and, you know, it is because, you know, when fo- there's a, there's a big gap, but if you happen to follow the draft and, and you like things like training camp and, and me in particular, I love preseason football. Um, 
then the it's not so long and when you get to this point like the month of april it's like it's it feels like it's starting again and uh so it just really helps with that long layoff um so yeah i mean it's i can't wait for it i mean we're we're now officially in the month of the draft so it's it's certainly good times for sure um speaking of good times what good times do we have today I'm glad you asked. Today we'll be joined by the illustrious Brianna Dix, who covers the Cowboys, among a host of other DFW teams, for D210 Sports. Uh, We know the Oscars were Sunday, uh, but since they're still resonating due to the slap heard around the world, uh, we thought we'd give Brianna some Cowboys categories named after award-winning and not award-winning films. So let's do that. I think it's going to be a really fun game. Let's get Brianna in here to play. It is my pleasure to welcome to the classroom the great Brianna Dix. <laughs> Brianna, welcome. Thank you. How are you guys doing? We are great, and oh, I'll speak for myself. I'm doing great, and I'm thrilled to have you here with us today. Thank you. <laughs> so Brianna is a beat writer and reporter covering the Dallas Cowboys for D210 Sports. And in season, she also... Um, is uh, doing blitz crosstalk with the Yoda of local media scouting, the great <laughs> Brian Broadus. And so she's uh, very well connected and we are thrilled to have her here. Uh, Brianna, we're going to play a little game today and I'm going to let Dan introduce our All game. All right. So Let's do it. we are going to play a game called And the Winner Is. So how it works is we have some Rabby Awards to hand out today, our own little version of the Oscars, and you are going to help us hand them out. So we have a bunch of different categories. Each of them is named after a notable movie, most of which are Oscar-winning films. Each of those categories pertain to a specific, cowboy-specific question where we will provide you with five nominees. You have to tell us who wins the Rabbi and explain to us why you chose how you chose. Does that sound good? That sounds marvelous. Let's. Are we ready to roll out the red carpet, Rabs? <laughs> uh, I'm ready. Do it. All right, Rabs. Will you do us the honor in introducing our first category? I would be delighted. Uh, so this first first category is called "For the Love of the Game," not an Oscar winner. Um, <laughs> the question is, what was the best cowboy game in 2021? And the nominees are hey. uh, opening opening night, Dallas at Tampa Bay. Uh, week two, Dallas at the Chargers. Uh, the next one is the, the famous Cooper Rush and his family game, which is uh, <laughs> Cowboys at Minnesota. Then we have uh, Dallas at New England. And finally, not a, not a great outcome perhaps, but actually in retrospect, not a bad game. The Thanksgiving tilt where the, uh, the Raiders came to AT&T Stadium. The winner is. <laughs> I am going to have to go with the Cowboys at Box in Week One. Nice. Is my is my selection? Yes, the Oscar goes to despite <laughs> the game ending in a loss for Dallas. The Cowboys went toe to toe with the defending Super Bowl champions, and to me, this was really a statement game any way that you looked at it. I mean, if you think back 
Dak Prescott hadn't had any live action football in 333 days, you know, since the compound right ankle fracture dislocation. Then he had the right shoulder muscle strain suffered in train camp. But I mean, against Todd Bowles' aggressive one gap scheme, Dak didn't seem to miss a beat, you know, and there was a lot of questions surrounding his post-injury form. Is he going to have issues? But I mean, I think he had pinpoint accuracy. I mean, extended plays outside of the pocket without reserve. And despite really the outcome of the season for Dallas offensively, I think Kellen Moore also deserves a lot of credit, you know, for that win. He had a tremendous game plan dialed up. I mean, they didn't have, you know, Zach Martin, which was the team's best run defender and facing the top-ranked run defense from 2020 with, you know, Adamic and Sue, Vita Vea that posed a threat. So, I mean, the offense really relied on, you know, that short passing attack to mitigate the pressure from Bowles front seven. Dak had a quick, quick release to help, you know, ease some of that pressure off the O-line. Both Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb eclipsed, you know, 100 yards receiving. Ezekiel Elliott did the dirty work in the trenches. And then you had the defense that also capped it off with four turnovers. So to me, that was really one of the most balanced performances for the team that year that kicked off the season. One of the things I was really shocked, and you guys probably the same, but the fact that they just completely abandoned the run. And I just it's just something they don't do. They always try yeah. to at least still work it in there somehow, not completely abandon it, but they just really had a, a really good game plan. And I was shocked to see that. So I was really uh, excited about this Cowboys offense and Kellen Moore. They're going to, they're going to really, uh, you know, catch you off guard with with some of their uh, game planning. So yeah, that was a it, it it really set the tone for you know what a great start to the to the season for the Cowboys. All right, so we're going to move on to the next category. This category is called the departed. <laughs> the question is, which recently departed player do you think the Cowboys will miss the most? And the nominees are Amari Cooper, Lyle Collins, Randy Gregory, Connor Williams, or Cedric Wilson. The winner is. Ooh, okay. For this one, I am going to go with, drum roll, Amari Cooper. Because I... I consider Amari Cooper to be one of the best route runners in the league and a top 10 to 12 wide receiver in the league. Now, the Cowboys receiving core got worse without Cooper, and really it came down to the allocation of money, and the Cowboys seemingly didn't feel he was worth $20 million. But without him, you have CeeDee Lamb as the number one. You have Michael Gallup, who Stephen Jones pretty much confirmed is likely to miss the first two to three games you know, in 2022, starting the year on PUP. So then you have potentially a draft pick that you're going to have to develop. You have James Washington, who never really made an impact in the Steelers offense. And then you have Simi Fayoko and Noah Brown as your depth option. So personally, I'm not sold. In last year, Dak really didn't have great rapport with his receivers. I mean, other than really his go-to targets, which were Dalton Schultz and Cedric Wilson, which largely was due to how teams were playing Dallas, you know, using that too high shell, which opened things up over the middle of the field. But for me, the big proponent is I have more faith in Dan Quinn to maximize the skill set of players in his arsenal and featuring them in pressure packages than I do with Kellen Moore utilizing his playmakers in 2022. 
Very like, interesting. I, I, I'm, I would argue that not only was Armari Cooper the best route runner on the team, I think actually he might be the best route runner in Cowboys history. He's an incredible route runner. Uh, and Ooh, so, okay. yeah, I, I think, I think he, he yeah, for, for all the reasons you articulated, I think he will be missed. I do think there's an opportunity there for a little bit of addition by subtraction, but it's, it's such a, it's such a gigantic question. Yeah. This is a, this is a fascinating one. Um, and speaking of fascinating, our next category is called appropriately enough for this discussion, Moneyball. The question here is what do you think, <laughs> what do you think is the savviest financial move the Cowboys made so far this off season? And the nominees are one releasing Amari Cooper, save $16 million. Two, uh, restructuring Demarcus Lawrence's deal, save them $13 million. Restructuring Dak Prescott and Zach Martin, uh, $15 million and $7 million, respectively. Cutting Leo Collins, okay. which is, uh, they designated, designated him post-June, so that's $10 mil. Mm-hmm. And conveniently letting Randy Gregory slip through their fingers, which saved them $14 million. And the winner is... Ooh. That's a tough one, but I think I'm going to end up going with restructuring Demarcus Lawrence's deal because mm-hmm. by reworking his deal, the Cowboys dropped his cap figure from 27 million to 14 million for the 22 season, which freed up funds to secure talent around him. Then the Cowboys were able to re-sign Lee Cooker, J. Ron Curse, which I mean, Curse was an absolute tone setter last season. You know, I mean, tight end eraser was physical in the box. So now you have a better opportunity to build off last year's defensive transformation. And really, I mean, the, the Cowboys would have been in a world of hurt if they lost both Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory. So he did the team a huge favor by reworking that deal. Yeah, I'm still not sure how they pulled that off, to be honest. I mean, I, I love Demarcus Lawrence. I think he's worth $20 million per year. And the fact that they're able to get him to basically take a, a pay cut and, you know, play for, you know, 13.3 per year. I don't know how they did it, um, but I am very pleased with the outcome, you know, financially for, for the Cowboys. So that's, yeah, that that is definitely, a, that's where my vote would go too. What about you, Rabs? Absolutely. I, I think one of the most stunning developments last year was that J. Ron Kerr started wearing the green dot. And the fact that this guy who we weren't even thinking was going to make the team in training camp suddenly was like the, the guy who was calling places in the huddle and get, uh, uh, plays in the huddle, excuse me, and getting guys lined up. And it, it just it sort of opened my eyes to what he was actually doing behind the scenes. And so obviously a very valuable piece. And if Demarcus Lawrence's um, restructure allowed him to, to be here, then let, let's do a let's do a victory dance for sure. <laughs> right. All right. The next category is called Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> so this question, which one year free agent signing will have the biggest impact in 2022? And the nominees are Noah Brown, Dante Fowler, Leighton Vanderesh, James Washington or Carlos Watkins? The winner is... Hmm. Ooh, I'm there going is. to go with... And I and I think partially, again, this is kind of under Dan Quinn, but I'm going to go with Dante Fowler on this one. I think he's kind of penciled in as the starter at right defensive end right now as things currently stand with, you know, Terrell Basham, Dorrance Armstrong, and Chauncey Golston providing rotational depth. 
But I mean, Fowler had his most productive season with the Rams in 2019. You know, he compiled 11.5 sacks. But I think a reunion with Dan Quinn, you know, his former coach to begin the 2020 season in Atlanta, I think that's going to rejuvenate his career and really, you know, put Fowler in position to have success. You know, he was a former top five pick and he flashes that ability. And I think one of the things that, you know, us hold him back is he hasn't been consistent. But I mean, to me, just look at what Quinn was able to accomplish with Armstrong last year, because that's one of the things that we said about him. You know, he he would have those flashes, but then he would disappear for several games. And last year, Armstrong had the best year of his career. So, I mean, is Fowler going to command double teams? No, probably not. But I do think there is a reason that Quinn identified him as an ideal scheme fit in the first place. So I believe that he's going to tap into that. And I mean, you know, Fowler has great first step quickness, you know, quick get off. So I'm excited to see that addition in 2022. What about, what about you guys? I, I have to say, I think this smacks uh, of the Robert Quinn signing, right? So as a guy who, you know, it was high round draft pick has that, as you said, that great initial first step, um, that sort of requisite uh, burst that you that you want in your right defensive end from from Dan Quinn's defense, um, and needs a, a force multiplier like like mm-hmm. uh, like Fowler had with Aaron Donald in the Rams where he had this big season and like I think Demarcus uh, Lawrence can be a person who, who draws double teams where they're always they're always calling protections to that side and so he gets a lot of one on ones where he knows mm-hmm. the, where he, he knows when he's thinking about okay what's my what's my strategy here he knows he's only have to beat one guy and so i think that um i'm looking for that kind of season I, and you know it, it, where he's just, he's going to he's going to clean up a lot and get and maybe even get double digit mm-hmm. sacks yeah you know what's interesting you know Brianna mentioned this too is armstrong you know having a career year there's a lot of players, a lot of defensive players that had career years last year under Quinn. So mm-hmm. to be quite honest, I'm excited about any defensive player that the Cowboys bring on that Quinn wants to be a part of the system. So it should be it should be interesting to see what, what they get out of Fowler. Frankly, the, the Cowboys front office noticed that as well. And, and it seems like they're sort of diverting resources from offense to defense because they really feel like, oh, you know what? This is actually a wise allocation of, of our salary cap resources now, because this guy can actually squeeze, you know, uh, squeeze value out of the players if, if we sign them. Um, so let's, let's move on to our next category. Uh, our next category is called Sophie's choice, or we might actually more properly just call it Brianna's choice. The question <laughs> is what uh, rather, who do you think the Cowboys want to, or who do you want to, the Cowboys to select with their first round draft pick? So, um, Nominees are wide receiver Traylon Burks, interior offensive lineman Kenyon Green, Zion Johnson, uh, defensive end George Karloftis, or wide receiver Chris Olave. Oh, I am going to go with offensive line in the first round, and I am going to say Zion Johnson is is my pick. Um, I think after the Cowboys parted ways, with Lyle Collins, with Connor Williams, they need to bolster that offensive line. Because in 2021, the offensive line's inability to win at the point of attack is one of the main contributors to the sputtering offense that we witnessed during the second half of the season. And I love Zion Johnson at 24. You know, he has a great combination of strength, you know, twitch, reaction skills. He was a two-time team captain that can come in and plug and play. And I think how quickly he was able to acclimate at Boston College after transferring from Davidson, I think is a testament to his football IQ, you know, consistent technique, 
stays square in pass sets and is efficient run blocker, you know, can operate in space and move laterally. So I think he would make an immediate impact. And he also has the flexibility to kick out to tackle. So he was, a, he's a guy that I would love to see. Yeah. I, I love Zion. And I, to be honest, I think he's one of those players that if they did like a redraft a few years from now, you're going to see him inside the top 10. He's going to be one of those players that, you know, just he has the upside to be Pro Bowl caliber player. Uh, there's so much to love about Zion. I mean, both right. Zion and Green uh, are would be good good uh, gets for the Cowboys, you know, because they're great players, great guards, and uh, the Cowboys need that. But I think Zion, I mean, me personally, mm-hmm. I, I really like the upside of what, what he brings. That's exactly right. You guys nailed it. It's I think it's the he's the upside pick, right? I think you know Kenyon Green is probably closer to his ceiling, and I think Zion has a lot of room to grow. All right. So this category is called Goodfellas. The question is, which Cowboys position group, other than quarterback, will be the biggest difference maker in 2022? And the nominees are cornerback interior offensive line, linebacker, pass rush, or wide receiver? The winner is. Hmm. You know, I think I'm going to try to speak it into existence on this one. <laughs> and I am going to go, I'm going to go with linebacker. I I still think the Cowboys need to add depth there in the draft, you know, probably in round two to three. But if you've got Nakobe Dean or Devin Lloyd fell to 24, that could certainly be a direction the Cowboys go. It'd be hard to pass up either one of them. But, I mean, you've got Micah Parsons coming off his sensational defensive rookie of the year campaign. You've got Jabril Cox mending the ACL tear, which, you know, the coaching staff loves his coverage upside. And then you've got J. Ron Curse, who can serve in that, you know, hybrid safety nickel linebacker role, moving into the box and then lining up directly over the tight end. I mean, you look at what he did against Darren Waller and Travis Kelsey last season, has that physicality that to me was really lacking for this team over, you know, the previous decade. They re-signed Leighton Van Der Esch and Luke Gifford. But I think you really have a high ceiling for this core this season under Dan Quinn. So I think the second level is going to be extremely fun to watch. Yeah, I, I think that they have a really good opportunity to get Bobby Wagner. In. And by that, what I mean is draft a linebacker in the second round. Because I think there are some quality linebackers on day two that would be a mm-hmm. be a perfect fit. Yeah, and just are. take enough reps away that, that that Parsons isn't having to spend all his time there. And but I think the talent that, that they can get on on day two is I mean there's some really good choices there. And uh, so yeah, and I I think and to be honest, when we when Jalen left and you know Jabril got hurt, you're kind of looking at that position and you're thinking, well, this is terrible. What are they you know? And and it wasn't. It turns out it wasn't. And uh, it wasn't because Keanu Neal was great and he wasn't but van der esch surprisingly played pretty solid so i really think that the linebacker group is not in bad shape already and if you just can add add a rookie or two maybe you know you, you um you, you might have something pretty pretty good it, yeah it really feels like they've been working for a couple of years now to overhaul the linebacker unit um in a very in one particular way i think in 2020 one of the reasons one of many reasons why the defense was so bad was because 
the, the linebackers were really doing a, a bad job of being that sort of intermediary between the pass rush and the, and the, the secondary. And we're, mm-hmm. we're, I mean, they were just giving up all kinds of space um, in this sort of intermediate zones. And, and they, they realized we need more speed. We need more coverage ability. We need to sort of, mm-hmm. um, you know, close down that underneath space because teams were just eating them up. They were sending a couple guys deep and then the linebackers just couldn't, couldn't, um, couldn't cover guys, couldn't close on zones quickly enough, et cetera. So I think they have a bunch of younger guys, a lot, a lot of faster guys. I mean, if we think about, you know, three linebackers like Parsons, Cox and curse as, as quote unquote linebackers, man, that, that, that group can cover a heck of a lot more space than, than Gimpy, Jalen Smith, and, uh, you know, and big sort of slow, comparatively ponderous Leighton Van Der Esch, who's, you know, who's a, who's a big body and, and moves well for a big body guy, but do, doesn't have that kind of ability in coverage. So I, I think they, they probably need to add one more guy who fits that description and that, and they'll really have, I think, uh, accomplished the overhaul that they're, that I believe that they're trying to affect. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, next question, our next category rather, is called a star is born. And we actually have a two, two three different versions in history of, of a star is born here that we, could, uh, that we could think about as we think about this category. And the question is, what 2021 draftee is most likely to have a breakout 2022 season? So our nominees here are Jibril Cox. We have Simi Fahoku, Chauncey Golston, Kelvin Joseph, and... Osa Odigizua. And the winner is. Oh, I am going. I'm going to go with Kelvin Joseph. I he's a guy that I'm excited about because you know he had a slow start to his rookie year. He had the 10 day quarantine for COVID during OTAs, and then in training camp, you know he got work outside with Trayvon Diggs. And in the slot, then he suffered the groin injury that put him on IR derailing his NFL debut and got his first start week 16. But, you know, I mean, he didn't he didn't disappoint. And I think he registered like three tackles in, in a pass breakup when Anthony Brown slid into the slot. But I mean, as a second round pick, he is the quarter the cornerback of the future opposite dig. So, I mean, he has that length. He has that speed. And at Kentucky, you know, he was a guy that effortlessly flipped his hips in and out of transition to blanket wide receivers. He has, you know, vertical speed to stay with receivers deep. So I'm excited to see his development this season. And I mean, you just look at what the secondary was able to accomplish last year, Trayvon Diggs improvement. Um, his career best season is one of the best in, in the league. So I'm excited to see 
what Kelvin Joseph is going to be is going to be this year. Yeah, imagine if he's actually, you know, if if he does have a breakout season. I mean, could you imagine just mm-hmm. how great the Cowboys' corner position would be with with Diggs and and Joseph manning the, the outside? That's uh, that would be something. I mean, and that combined with the fact that um, that Lewis is going to start wearing number two going forward. I mean, it's just, I I can't. <laughs> how can you imagine a better a better cornerback room? I, I I think that Kelvin Joseph, in terms of athletic measurables, is was every bit the prospect that. Uh, both Sertan and Horn were. And so um, I think, you know, there were some questions about his commitment, et cetera. I know that's really big for NFL guys. Mm-hmm. It seems, it seems like he's all in. And, um, and so if he is, I think he can be every bit the player those guys can be. Yeah. And, and the thing too, with Joseph too, is he doesn't, he didn't come out of college with a lot of experience too. So there's a lot of, I would have liked to him to have a healthy rookie season just so he would just have more, yeah. uh, get more reps in there. So I mean, we we have to really take a look at what this guy's going to be after once he gets gets more reps and uh, more experience and under his belt. So yeah, it'd be uh, it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Okay, the next category is called Titanic. It's the second Leo movie, by the way. Just uh... <laughs> so the question is, what is the iceberg that will cause the HMS Cowboys? to sink in 2022. The nominees are poor coaching, injuries, poor play by the offensive line, the losses of Amari and Lyell, or the Joneses. The winner is... I think for me, I'm going to have to go with offensive line play because I think there's so many question marks that, that still have to be addressed. And the staff is confident in Terrence Steele at right tackle in place of Lyle Collins. But then you have an injury prone and aging Tyron Smith at left tackle who the Cowboys still need to find a successor for and add depth to in the later rounds of the draft. And really, Zach Martin's the only consistent player on on the line. Now you have the vacancy at left guard after the departure of Connor Williams, which hopefully Dallas will likely upgrade in the first round of the draft with, you know, a Kenyon green or a Zion Johnson, but also, I mean, the Cowboys aren't really set at center with Tyler Biotish either. You know, that's why at the outset of the 2021 season, they had both Connor Williams and Connor McGovern taking first team reps at center and kind of that trial test during training camp during the preseason but they struggled with this shotgun snap. So once again, Biotish assumed that role. And again, every week we saw the quarterback and center exchange during practices at the star. And Biotish is a guy that, you know, he needs stout talent around him to kind of take some of that slack. And I think the inconsistency of Williams really hurt him. So, I mean, getting a solid guard in there is definitely going to help. But, I mean, if a guy like Tyler Linderbaum falls to 24, once again, I think that would cause me to add pause. But, I mean, this group certainly needs a reboot in 2022. But I think there's so many variables that that still causes so many question marks in my yeah, mind. Yeah, I, uh, you know, going back to the question of the departed, and I, I 100% agree with you that, that it's Amari, in my opinion, and it's because yep. I love Amari. And that's still, I still think that was a mistake. As, as much as I try to really agree with what the Cowboys do. Uh, I, I, I don't agree with that one. I'll have to be proven wrong on that one. But um, I will say this though, if, if Tyron Smith again has one of those early season injuries 
where he's missing a lot of lot of lot of time. Mm-hmm. It's going to be Lyle Collins that ends up being the 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 one that you know we miss the most in in that sense. And yeah, definitely offensive line play is is that could definitely sink it for sure. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I agree 100% with both of you, Brianna. I think you're right that that was the thing that derailed their season last year and continues to be a bugaboo. I think it's fascinating that it derailed their season and yet they haven't done anything yet, which means that it just increasingly like bright blinking light in round one has to be interior <laughs> offensive line, right? I mean, like they've done nothing about that. I can't imagine that they'd go in any other direction unless an absolute legit blue chipper happens to fall to 24, mm-hmm. which is highly unlikely um yeah i i couldn't agree more i feel like when this team has been humming in the past um even if they're a little bit um you know paleolithic in their in their approach by being a little more run heavy than maybe the 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 best teams in the league would suggest is is the optimal formula uh but when they have been good it's because that offensive line has been dominant and I don't know if you guys have had a chance to do this. Have you had a chance to go back and watch like the Carolina game or the first Giants game at at AT&T? I mean, they were awesome and and they were opening up huge holes. It it was a completely different unit. It was incredible. They they were dominant and the the, the flip, excuse me, the switch just flipped. And I know several things all happened at once, but it really feels like that offensive line caved and the whole season, the whole season changed. So if they want to, they want to replicate games one through six again in future, they've got to address that. And, and, and if they don't, I agree. That's the thing that's going to that's gonna bring them down. Um, our final category here, uh, the audience is getting restless. Everybody wants to go to the after parties. Let's get through this. The final <laughs> category is called Stars and Stripes Forever. That's actually an old, old musical. Um, the question, the Cowboys unquestionably have the best uniforms in American sports, but which combination is the best Cowboys uniform? So here are the nominees. The traditional home whites with the seam, the seafoam green pants that have caused such a kerfluffle on Twitter. The road blues. Uh, the blue and white throwbacks that have the white helmet with the solid blue star. The white color rush that now, at least in the last few uh, seasons, has had the silver helmet. Or the home whites with the red, white, and blue stripe on the helmet. You remember they wore those during the Denver debacle. Yes. The winner is. Uh, this one is kind of like a toss-up for me. I feel like it's kind of a tie between two. So personally, I love the home whites because I love that bright, like royal blue against the white. I I just think that really looks really crisp. But I also love the blue and white throwbacks because I think those are the ones that have the double star on like the sleeves, if I'm correct. And I just think that gives just kind of that nostalgic like old-timey cowboy feel that fans always love How right you, you you can't help but see don meredith throwing to bob hayes exactly when those uniforms. it just like it takes you back and i feel like i need to plug in my my vhs tape you know of one of the old championships <laughs> yeah. i think all of them are great choice i mean there's not any any combination that like oh i don't like you know i don't like seeing them there wearing that but i will say this one thing that does bother me is there's such an imbalance of now, i love the traditional whites and the in the seafoam you know green pants but i don't like to see them like 13 14 games of the year i want to i want a little variety yeah. i missed the i missed the navy i like to see a little more navy so uh you know i wish there was a kind of a set structure of how uh 
teams, you know, arranged who would wear darks and who would wear whites. And I know the Cowboys, I know why they do it. And I think that the reasoning is, is fantastic. I wish other teams were that selfless and let you know that do that for their fans. But, uh, cause it means we just don't get to see them in navies enough. So personally, I, I, the navies are my favorites because I just don't get to see them as much. A, a legitimate, a legitimate uh, option there. I, I, I think that, the home whites are always the thing that does it for me. And I would say that every year it, it, I don't, when we go to training camp, I don't necessarily get this feeling at camp because they're not really in uniforms proper, but the first preseason game every year when they come out and they've got the stars in their helmets and they're almost always in, in their whites, something stirs in me. I'm like, (laughs) here we are. Oh, good. It's starting again. You know? (laughs) And, um, and, and I, I'd say about 60% of that is, is those darn uniforms. You know, Jerry Seinfeld always, always says that, you know, players come and go. So ultimately what we do as fans is we root for the laundry and I'm, I, I confess I'm rooting for the laundry. I love those uniforms. (laughs) Well, listen, Brianna, it was really, really great having you on. Thanks so much for playing our game with us. I really appreciate it. It was great fun. Um, for all of those uh, of you who want um, more of Brianna and um, her amazing takes, uh, please follow her on Twitter. Her handle is at Dix Brianna. That's D-I-X-B-R-I-N-N-A. And you can also see her fine work at D210 Sports. Uh, I'm going to sh- uh, call out the URL here. It's www.d210.tv forward slash category forward slash Cowboys. You hit that and read all of her awesomeness. Brianna, thank you so much. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you, guys. Wow, I've never had a chance to uh, to meet Brianna, and it was really great getting a chance to chop it up with her. Uh, she's great. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Yeah, I was actually surprised that, I mean, her picks were just aligned with mine. I was thought we were going to have some type of, you know, Shakespeare in love versus Saving Private Ryan, you know, controversy where it's like, that's an outrage. But no, I mean, definitely uh, just spot on, at least at least with uh, what I would have selected. Uh, but I have a question. I have an award that I'd like to throw at you, Rabs. Are you ready for this? Oh, I, I, sure. All right. So this category is called The Father, you know, the, you know, the Sir Anthony Hopkins film. You may. Mm-hmm. So the question is, what is the best scenario for the Cowboys front office after <laughs> Jerry Jones is gone? And the nominees are Stephen continues to Stephen. Spalding is the ascendant. They hire a real GM. Charlotte takes the day-to-day football operations or a secession style bloodbath that results in them selling the team. (laughs) Uh, That's a fascinating set of options. And the winner is. Um, Okay. So let's eliminate the ones that are, are, are are just really not likely to happen. I think that hiring a real GM is, is too unlikely to even speculate. Um, I do wonder if there is a possibility of a secession style bloodbath, but I think that that's probably also highly speculative. So it seems that, that we have three options, right? We have Steven, we have Spalding taking over a little bit more, or we have Charlotte. So there are three Jones children, right? Uh, there's Jerry Jr., who by all reports is kind of a moron. 
Um, there's Stephen, and we know a lot about Stephen, and there's Charlotte. I think by far the smartest and shrewdest of them is Charlotte. I think because of her gender, she's been cast into the role she is, which is a role that, you know, a pretty girl can play or, you know, that, that kind of thing in, in, uh, in sort of Neanderthal football thinking. I think she's far and away the smartest person in that family. And I can't help but think that this team would be more well run by about three or four degrees uh, if Charlotte were to take over. So my, my answer is Charlotte Jones takes over uh, after sh- after Jerry and uh, uh, and Steven somehow mysteriously are, are, are lost uh, when their helicopter vanishes into the fog. <laughs> yeah, it would take like a castaway type uh, situation because I can't imagine as much as Steven is uh, involved in, in the, with, the, with the Cowboys right now to where it would not go that direction. It's just, uh, and I know fans wouldn't want to hear that because Steven's stock right now is probably at a, an all-time low, but... Um, interesting though charlotte so huh interesting choice there rebs so how about you i i think it would go steven i mean i think it's i think he's been groomed for the last decade um yeah you know even because i mean steven's been around and and a lot of the poor gm that's happening you know steven was there for so that's why i think the mill will mcclay influence and has had more to do with the cowboys you know, recent success than like in the early 2000s and late 90s because those guys were there and, and they didn't know what they were doing. Um, but I just, yeah. I I would be hard-pressed to see that it goes any other direction than Stephen Jones because it's, I mean, who's to say that he's not making more of the decisions right now when, when it comes to that? I mean, did we get Randy Gregory? No, we didn't get him. We always hear about like if we would have spent the money and, and Jerry's always the one that's tied into the, he would do it, but Stephen wouldn't. But then what do we have? What do we do? Well, we end up not doing it. You know, we didn't get, you know, uh, Johnny Menzel, you know, we, what was it? Steven's the one that chased him around the, you know, that didn't happen. But mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I just feel like it's, it's Steven's team. I mean, I mean, it will be Steven's team and it's probably maybe Steven's teams now, you know, that's where, yeah. that's where I would uh, go. I, I think, I think, you know, the question you asked me was the best scenario, not the most likely. And so the, the most likely is absolutely that Steven continues in, in his role. Um, and, and I think that's what's going to happen. I, right. I do think though, that, you know, something you were just talking about was Steven and Will McClay. And I think one thing that we forget is that Steven and Will McClay basically became ascendant together. So to it feels like we have such short memories. The Jerry Cowboys were so schizophrenic and they were, they would spend so much money on free agents who never panned out. They so, or very, very rarely panned out. I mean, it wasn't really that long ago that we were just screaming about how stupid the Brandon Carr signing was when, and he was like, you know, arguably the best cornerback on the, uh, on the market that year, at least before Nandi Asamoa became available. I think that, I think that happened a little bit later in, in the um, in that free agency period, and he was certainly the most stable stable option. Um, and pe- people were, you know, decrying and vilifying that contract for years after. So you don't like that? Great. Then then that's then Stevens the guy for you because they have been a much steadier and more rational um, front office since Steven took over. So yes, I think I think he he as all people have their have their faults, but. Um, I try to remember back to the pre-Steven days and how, how schizophrenic and um, sort of reactionary, overreactionary those were. I will say one other thing about Steven. 
people are always saying, oh, if the Cowboys only had a football guy as their GM. Well, how do you become a football guy? What does that really mean? Does that mean you, you the only way to become a football guy is to be a, a scout on the road and you know, like stay in Red Lion Inns 260 days a year? Or can you be a football guy f- f- by virtue of basically the moment you graduate from college or even maybe before that, you've been involved in NFL meetings and you've helped shape the league for 30 years? You know, I mean, he, he grew up and his entire adult life has been spent in the NFL, in scouting, in in assembling talent, and putting together a roster, in you know making connections to, to and, and you know analyzing the trends um, in the league. So I don't know how you can say the Cowboys don't have a football guy in in the front office or even in the Jones family. If, if, if Stephen Jones is not a football guy, I don't know who is. Yeah, uh, interesting point. I mean, yeah, I mean they've been around, and I will say this to give give those guys credit as owners go you know i mean stephen jones and, and jerry jones knows football he's a smart football guy you don't own how many owners play, have played college football and i mean so as that part goes definitely a lot of good football sense there just but as general manager goes i don't know there's a lot more people that are just uh i think a little more dedicated and a little more skilled in what the what the joneses are you know, certainly that, that, that's in my opinion. Uh, Jerry just, I think he kind of proved that after the Jimmy era. Cause I mean, I don't know what they were doing. And the hundred percent, hundred percent. And so when we when we look at Steven Jones as being more successful, it's because he and Will McClay are a tandem. So that tandem mm-hmm. is more yeah. successful than Jones 2.0 was. Um, but largely because Jerry Jones 2.0, 1.0 being Jimmy, the Jimmy Johnson era 2.0 was such an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, and you know you're only as successful as the people around you. I mean, the whole look at Belichick and, and too. I mean, he didn't do that by himself. I mean, you look at all the all the great coaches and stuff that he's had around him. So I mean, you you could say that for any team. And and Jerry had Jimmy, things were great, you know. And and when he doesn't have people around him, and it could go really bad really quick. So uh, it, I guess it really just it depends on you know now they have McClay. It depends on just how large of a group of really good football minds, you know, with Quinn and, and good coaches, everything put together to, to create that winner. And, you know, I don't know that I think the Cowboys are probably c- closer than they've ever been in a while in the sense of they got a lot of pretty good coaches. I mean, you know, with Quinn and more and, and a lot of good position coaches. So, and, you know, great Will McClay and the personnel department to me, I think they're fantastic. So I don't know. We'll see how things go. That was an interesting, uh, interesting show today. We'll go with the Oscar themes, Rabs. Uh, good show today. Uh, what do we have going on next week? Ooh, I'm delighted you asked me, sir. Uh, next week, we're going to have my old friend, one of the OGs from Blogging the Boys days, the great KD Drummond. Oh. And um, in, in the old days, KD and I kind of worked out a series of Cowboys draft commandments that are, that are, th- that are sort of behaviors that the Cowboys tend to um, return to every year. So we're going to actually going to explore those. And in thinking about that, sort of target some, target some potential draftees who might fit those commandments. So I think it should be a really fun, robust discussion. I love the commandments. I, I always re- refresh myself every year with that because, yeah, they're just so applicable to what the Cowboys do. That's going to be fun. It's so it's nice. It's like, I think the, the, the BTB ring of honor, I think we're making our way around it. It's, you know, it's great That's to right. have all these. Right. Gr- we, had, 
at OCC, we had Rafa Vila, we had uh, uh, we had Dave Halperin, and now KD. So yeah, we're we're getting through it. Yeah. So, all right, that is our show for today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review wherever you get your podcast. Apple, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Tell us what you think. Anything you would like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, Cowboys Hot Topics, favorite draft prospects, or what is your favorite sports day of the year, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. I'm at DannyPhantom24. And Rabs is at RabbleRouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have Cowboys Oi with Mauricio Rodriguez. And Sunday we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart. So make sure to check those out. But that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe. Stay happy. Stay true to the silver and blue. We will catch you later. Last dismissed. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.